Welcome to the very first episode of Score Talk. My name is Philip. I'm your host. I'm also a content and brand manager at Scoreshot, which is a US-based product photography service. I'm really excited to finally debut this episode because we've been in the talks of creating a podcast for the last six months. And the very first guest we're going to chat with today is Alex Davidovich. He is the founder and the CEO of Scoreshot. He's had quite an unconventional path, and I think it's one of full of insights. So let's just get into the episode. Okay, uh, welcome. Well, first of all, welcome. I'm so happy to see you in this kind of environment. Cause, Thanks you know, for having me. We've had this uh, idea of doing a podcast for a very long time. So I'm kind of, I'm happy that we finally get to sit down and talk. And you seem like the perfect first guest because, yeah, I mean, you are the reason why we're here in the first place. So this is good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm really freaking excited about this. Okay, so um, I want to start this whole thing by talking a little bit about your background. And I want to start way back, way back when you just started with everything. And I want to start with the BMX uh, closing line, because I, I think there are a few really good insights in that. So talk to me about how, it, why did you do it in the first place? How old were you? You know, what was going on in your life at that time? To be honest, it wasn't a clothing line mm -hmm. at the first place. It was just one product, which is like a bag for BMX. Uh, because I always wanted to solve some problem, you know, and I saw the problem that people cannot travel with their BMX bikes mm -hmm. uh, within the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just we just made a bag for this. And um, a lot of people started buying this because they want to travel from... from uh, like within the city, like I said, and uh, that's how I solved small but but really impactful problem for those people who ride bikes on a daily basis, you know. So and then I started making T-shirts, like mm -hmm. jeans, because that was the brand already, and which was a mistake to be honest, because like making T-shirts or or sweatshirts or other stuff. It, it, you know, it doesn't solve any problem, mm -hmm. but skinny jeans and, and bag for BMX, it solves. So Beca because they have function in yeah, the first place. Yeah, because people like people who ride like BMX bikes or, or skate, uh, skateboarding. So they, they buy, they were buying because now it, it, it's trendy having like these huge pants, you know, but uh, back in the days, it was all about skinny jeans because they were better for, for riding Fitting, bikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, there were no skinny jeans on the market. And uh, if, if some, they were too expensive for, for those who ride BMX. Like they are like 13, 15 years old. So then this is, well, let's put the context. This is 13, 15 years ago, right? So in, in Ukraine. I was... I was 16, actually. 16. Yeah, I was 16 when I started a brand that calls Okrug. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Okrug born to solve problem with, with bags for BMX and with skinny jeans. 
So, and then we started making more, more clothing. Well, was it easy or was it hard to like find these people to sell it to? Or how, how was the process like? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, it was immediately, it was like a pool product. When people, when people are asking about the product when it's not released, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, we always had sold out products. And uh, it was super easy to sell skinny jeans and, and BMX bags, actually. And uh, we faced a lot of problems with where to produce more and more, where to, where to get more uh, fabric, where, where to get more and higher quality jeans, because we, we always tried to, to improve the quality and, uh, and reduce costs, of course, on a scale. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was super easy to sell because I was BMX rider, mm -hmm. so a lot of people like a lot of people knew who I am, and uh, you know it, it's it's always easy if you are in the market. If you, if you are the demographic, yes, essentially. of yeah. course, because you know your first hundred customers which is the most difficult part of the business, I think, is to find those first people who will try your product and give your feedback so you can, so you can move forward, you know? And that's the hardest part for, for any business is to start and find the first hundred customers who will love your product. So the first, I remember, I think it was the Airbnb founder that he said that the first hundred loyal customers is better than the first... 100%. thousand that are sort of okay because the first hundred are, are going to be the people who are actually going to drive your product forward in terms of word of mouth and yeah so and you mentioned pull and let's just explain this concept of a pull and a push product what is it i'm not sure where i read it to be honest but like i see two types of products pull products and and, and push products uh push products are those products that you actually push to sell. You know, you are asking people to buy more, you're giving them some giveaways, you're giving them some discounts. I do not believe in discounts, to be honest. Of course, I believe it, I believe in discounts from, from business standpoint, but mm -hmm. not from product market fit. I think you, you shouldn't give any discounts or giveaway, giveaways before you achieved product market fit because it can... It can break your your data mm -hmm. if people really love your product or they try to or they have this fear of missing out, you know. Or they were sold on it yeah. through yeah. you know marketing. Yeah. So discounts can be disrupting for your for, for analyzing the real product market fit. I'm not sure what I'm th what I'm saying, yeah. you know, it's just my thoughts. Like so my to vision, tie yeah. to tie it in, it, it just makes sense that if a product is solving a problem and has a function, you don't need to overinvest into marketing everything because people are going to want it. People are going to want to use it right away and they'll be the ones to spread the, the word about the product. So it makes sense. That's essentially why I wanted to talk to you about this BMX close, uh, you know, product in, in the first place. Yeah, but you you have to know those first customers, and uh, we can call it like distribu distribution channels. Mm -hmm. You and and when you are in the market, when you are riding BMX, for example, you you can quickly find a distribution channels because you know all the stores yeah. selling BMX parts. You you know the BMX riders. You know all the contact uh, contests. 
all the competitions. So you know everything about the market, you know, you know, the products on the market, you know, who you compete with, you know, and um, it's much easier when you, when you personally faced the problem, but it's worth to mention, it's not the only way to build products. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not always about facing problems by yourself. It, 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 sometimes you can find problem, uh, for, for example, like waste management, right? Or, or, uh, or moving to electric cars. I mean, that it, problem it, that already exists obvious in the world, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a clear reasons why you should be solving yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, when it's so obvious... And it, 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 it's not solved. There are some problems and, yeah. and, 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 uh, you know, and some, some like obstacles, uh, because those problems are huge and, uh, they couldn't be solved in one day or 10 years. So you, you have to, you have to be patient yeah. <laughs> to solve them. To and, be uh, so uh, you have your brand, right? And then I want to talk about the transition between that and going into uh, Ostrif, right? The very more traditional retail kind of uh, store. And what was it like? What were the reasons why you closed the brand in the first place and moved on? So um, the day when I when I started actually feeling that my brand doesn't solve any problem and uh, the people who were consuming our our products they were like football hooligans and uh that was that wasn't the the reason why i started that brand so i decided to close the brand because i didn't feel that i solved the problem i i can i were thinking that like i you know my time could be used in much Elsewhere, more efficient yeah. way you know so i decided to to move forward and i saw the opportunity for 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 a company that they had a lot of great brands mm -hmm. but they didn't have any online presence which was surprised for me and this is what year is this this is uh i'm talking about ostrif yeah and this is what year um oh it's pretty interesting i think it's 2014 okay yeah or 15 i'm not sure so that, that's the time where e-commerce is slowly starting to shape and ukraine and everywhere else in the world we already have the likes of amazon and shopify is already on the market but it's, it's you know it's not shaped as it is right now and especially after covid right yeah but still it was too obvious that you should be online mm -hmm. you know and uh it wasn't obvious if people in Ukraine ready to spend thousands of dollars on on uh, jacket or shoes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't obvious. Now it, it is. Uh, so be, because it, the product was too expensive to spend money online, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so that was the obstacle. So give us some some context. Yeah. Uh, what kind of products were uh, Ostrif selling? Like heritage brands to be short mm -hmm. it's a heritage brand with long history with their they they're selling high quality products that on a market for over 100 years you know mm -hmm. and uh they cherry picked every single brand they have strong buyers and uh they they always pick what they sell mm -hmm. they 
they know what they sell, they, they study the history of each of the brand they're selling, which was super great for me mm-hmm. because, uh, because it, it was, it was great journey to understand how clothing is made, uh, and, uh, what brands are exist on a market and and how quality they can be you know and so we're uh, not talking mass market we're talking about no, you know no, okay making sure that, that this is the right thing that we know the audience and yeah can you name some of these brands that you're talking about yeah so oh they have uh like advent jeans i don't know like barber uh jackets mm-hmm. uh i don't know like denver shoes uh, and the pr- price point is as over 100 denver yeah. shoes yeah sorry okay uh, what's the price point of that oh it, like for shoes it's over two three hundred dollars like okay. for, for jackets it's over five hundred dollars I, I don't know a lot of things changed they they now they have they have wider range of clothing and mm-hmm. brands uh, in their stores they have uh, more stores right now mm-hmm. so a lot of things changed already but but back in the days it was different super expensive okay yeah. and so you you come in you notice that there's no online presence right yeah and what does it go from there and we just offered that me and uh and 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 my friend we can build up your online presence and who, who, we is, can, who is the co-, co we have to mention who is the co-founder of square shot right yeah it was it, it was Mitya and uh and robert uh, mm-hmm. so uh, there were three of us we came to to Austria and we say that we 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 want to build your online presence we want to build um online store we want to we want to change logo we we want to take pictures of all of your products and post them online and we want to start actually selling your products online so it, like to summarize it's just yeah. online presence yeah so d- taking a traditional retail store and digitalizing completely right yeah exactly and so how many how many products did you have to shoot oh, by yourself um zero by myself no, as in like with with uh, for Austria in general as a team like i think it, it, it was around like 10,000 products so yes. which was too much because we we faced a lot of issues and uh, we had a small space we we had we had no money to buy high quality equipment so we tried to do something from nothing you know mm-hmm. it, it, which was a great skill. Yeah. A great skill to have, you know, later on go into square shot story. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I would say it's the greatest skill, mm-hmm. especially when you, when you constantly launching products mm-hmm. and, and because you, you don't have millions of dollars, you, you, you have, and also even with millions of dollars, it's not guaranteed that you will success that succeed. that you will succeed. Yeah, for sure. But with skills, it, it, it's you have much more chances to succeed mm-hmm. with when you have a lot of skills and and you can build something from nothing. So it, it's yeah, a good and point. that's also like having a limited budget actually makes you think about function. So what kind of lens do I need? Not the best one. I need the one that actually will do the job. So you have to like explore, you know, every single aspect of, you know, you have to be picky to be picky. Honest. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you have a limited money. Um, yeah. And you have to look what's actually going to work for you and what's going to do, you know, so not just pick whatever is the best in the market. And that's kind of, you know, one of the bigger traditions uh, we've talked about before on, on in the U.S. market that it has to be the best thing, not the, the most fitting thing, but the best thing. I, th- I think it's 
related to to what Steve Jobs said, like mm-hmm. stay hungry. Yeah, maybe it's it was about this one. Mm-hmm. When you have limited resources, limited time, when you actually have limits, mm-hmm. because when you have limits, you can, oh my God, you 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 can you can you can build unexpected things that you you would never expect from 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 yourself as well and so, it's fueled by hunger oh yeah man okay yeah. so how long did it take you to shoot 10,000 products oh it was it was a long process so it, it wasn't like a project basis mm-hmm. it, it was it was a long-term process it was like months mm-hmm. you know uh, in the making so we were trying to build processes inside the studio how we iron products how we prepare products for for the photo shoots how we hire models how we how we how to build a style guide so mm-hmm. all the collections that that come come into to our studio how to shoot products in the most consistent way mm-hmm. how to how to look online stores much better which background should we use which angles so a lot of things that we learned uh, mm-hmm. inside Austria. And then, but Mita already came with experience in photography of and course. you know retouching because that's also a big part of it. Because shooting ten thousand products also means retouching ten thousand products or possibly even more than that. Yeah, and 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 Mita was shooting and retouching by himself, yeah. and uh, so yeah, it, it was pretty hard. Yeah, I was assisting him. Uh, I was posting products online. I was making descriptions. So I was steaming products. I was controlling the whole process, hiring people. And uh, yeah, it was... It which, was which gave you a perfect foundation for later on for Square Shot. Yeah, but we didn't knew that that we were getting those skills that we will use in the future, you yeah. know? You never know. So yeah. it, 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 was, it was pretty cool. But you, we were thinking that that we're wasting our time mm-hmm. and because the process is so difficult and uh, and and we and we were thinking how small business owners can achieve the same result with with even no resources with no studio no equipment and and because of course we, we had resources from from mm. Austria of course and uh, we 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 didn't you know, it was hard to understand how small business owners can 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 compete with those brands online, mm-hmm. having the same image quality, having the same production scale. It, it's just impossible. And and to be honest, for small business owners, it's unnecessary because you have three, four collections per year. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary to have your own studios. Studio, yeah. So yeah, like the idea was born to too far from 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 so that and mind this is about three or four years before even the idea of square shot came in so okay so you you do this work for okrug and then uh, for ostrif and then you you move into and to the story of Setvent. oh yeah. right yeah so how do we go from ostrif to Setvent, and what happens next oh it's to be honest it was the hard transition because we were facing a lot of uh, issues with with management of of Austria, mm-hmm. you know, we were different from different like set of values in a way. Yeah, for sure. So we we tried to push risky ideas that we were thinking they will, 
you know, they will plays out. But were you naive or were they to... You have to be naive to build products. I mean, of course. Yeah. Because if you're not naive, you, you won't start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it, it's pretty obvious that you have almost zero chances to succeed. Mm-hmm. So you have to be naive. You have to risk. You have to... Sometimes you, you have to stop thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Just actually... Of course, uh, yeah. So... That's why Analy- Nike has the, the greatest uh, slogan of all time. Yeah, because analyze, like analyzing things before you start, oh my God, it, it can take your months, weeks, dollars. You, mm-hmm. you, you, have, you, you just have to start, you know? Not the word, say, not to analyze anything, but sometimes you, you just got to do it. You have to keep balance yeah. be, between what you... How much you're thinking, what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, that's what you told me the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that, that's, this is always about the balance, of mm-hmm. course, yeah. So you go from, yeah, so problems with management, and then you go from there to, do you leave uh, Ostrif? Let me let me tell you why we decided to build Sedvent. The The name is pretty, pretty creepy, like Sedvent. That's what uh, you realize only later on, Yeah, right? because it was second advent for mm-hmm. clothing that comes to the market. Oh, my God. It's a little too hard to <laughs> understand. Yeah, yeah but, but, but actually, we decided to build Sedvent because in Ostrif, we were selling too expensive clothing. But the, but the consumers for those products, they were young people. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to to buy used products from those brands. So we decided to solve this problem, but on on the US market, because uh, the Maidan started, yeah, all, all that thing. And uh, we decided to move to the United States where the market was so big for consignment. Booming as well, yeah. Yeah, of course. And we moved to, to the US and uh, we started making Sedvent. So we... We actually, like, let me tell you what what Sedvent is. Like, Mm -hmm. Sedvent is, like, a trade-in service for men. So you can actually take a picture of your product and send it to us. We will make you an offer. Mm -hmm. And you you will ship your products to us. And then we will clean it, uh, taking some pictures. essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah, make descriptions and post it online. So Mm -hmm. we were building a marketplace for consignment clothing Mm -hmm. for, for, for men, actually. And we were doing a lot of manual processes. And um, to be honest, uh, we faced a chicken and egg problem because the, the hardest part of doing, of building marketplaces is to attract buy and sell sites simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And uh, we fa- like I said, we faced a chicken and egg problem and uh, we were not able to solve it because mm-hmm. of lack of experience and um so we decided to to focus on what we do best you well, know and, and before you before you get yeah. to that there's a really there's a story that you told me a few months ago which i really really like and it kind of aligns with my idea of we just did an article on image quality right there's a story that uh people wouldn't believe you that the pro- that the products you were showing them on the photos were actually real the photos were so good and so well retouched that People assume the, the potential buyers assume that they came from the actual brands and then from their lookbooks and they're from their websites, right? So, would you say that the photos were too good 
for the product you know that they were for yeah of course and there are like um i saw a few weeks ago i found even studies on this topic that having high quality images on marketplaces will bring your trust like actually down not up because people are expecting images on your bed you know mm -hmm. on a floor mm -hmm. some in, in some context and when you because because they think if it's if if it's a used product why you invest in 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 Good high images, quality yeah. images yeah so so we've faced really unexpected problem mm -hmm. which was trust from from our customers they were thinking that we are stole those images from from brands websites which was like too too surprising for me mm -hmm. to be honest and yeah so we 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 didn't have so much growth in Sedvent, so we decided to pivot actually because we made a research and we found that the, the market price per one product image is $40. Mm -hmm. But at Sedvent, we were making five images per product, which is like $200 worth of images. Mm -hmm. But at Sedvent, we had just $30 margin. What I mean by that is we were buying product for $60 mm -hmm. and selling it for $90. Mm -hmm. So we had $30 gross margin. Mm -hmm. And we had to use those money to cover all the costs of making Which, business yeah. and also we had those money to to attract two types of customers not one because mm -hmm. we were building a marketplace, marketplace yeah. which was impossible based on experience that we had you know uh, $30 to to cover all the business costs and and attract two types of clients that was the, the challenge that that we, we couldn't, you know, couldn't Didn't have the experience, through, you know? yeah, or, yeah. yeah, or the skills at the time. Yeah, so, so so we decided to to see what we do the best. And of course, it was product images because we had experience from Ostrif and other online stores. And your problem with the trust could be actually a really good thing if you were to pivot into yeah, product so, images, so, right? Yeah, we decided to pivot. And we, we, we when we saw the, that opportunity... Uh, we closed Sedvent and we mm -hmm. opened the square shot two weeks after, actually. And we had no money left from Sedvent and Meteor was denied three times in US visa. So I had to learn how to shoot products by myself mm -hmm. through Skype, actually. And uh, it was a great journey. Uh, and I shot 5,000 images before we hired our first photographer. But it helped me. It helped me to understand every single detail of the process. Mm -hmm. So I saw the problems that we can solve in, in in the whole product imagery workflow and the entire cycle. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's very useful skill when you are making the actual job in your company when you're on the floor. You know, mm -hmm. like like yeah. people from Wall Street are saying. Yeah. When you're on the floor, you understand how the process works. You understand every single detail. And also it helps you when you hire people mm -hmm. because you understand their job, of course, and uh, which helps you to understand what skills should they have mm -hmm. to to make this job mm -hmm. like 
done, you know? Yeah, yeah to <laughs> do the job, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that was a great journey. And I want to, you know, I want to talk about one more thing from that journey is, which is when you started your pivot, right? I remember the story where you went to the convention that was essentially a place of a gathering of people selling their products, right? And you offered to sell the products, right? That was like essentially to uh, photo, photograph the products. And that was one of your first yeah. clients. Yeah, it's a good thing to mention. So uh, it was the it was the fastest MVP that I made in my life. So it was an album of images. Uh, I, 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 I memorized that I took an iPhone mm -hmm. from my wife because she had iPhone with a bigger screen. Mm -hmm. So I took that iPhone and, uh, and uploaded images to her album mm -hmm. on, on the iPhone. And I went to, to like local fair mm -hmm. of local brands. And I started asking them if they have an online store. And, uh, I, I, I was, you know, I was searching those online stores and, uh, I just offered, Hey guys, I see that you have low quality images. I can offer you images. And I was showing from images from iPhone and I showed them what I can make, mm -hmm. uh, in a matter of days, you know? And uh, that's how I got the first order, actually. I got the first order in the day one of, of actually offering this service. And uh, I think you mentioned that I think we're still working with them to, to the day or like uh, we're working with them for a really, really long time. I'm not, I'm not sure, to be honest, but I think, I think no. You know, okay. no, it, it, it's, it's almost five years because like we, we, we're working with small businesses and sometimes they're shut down, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes they pivot as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it, that's the, the hard part of working with small businesses with long tail of customers, mm -hmm. uh, for this market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now we're, uh, what, four years into ScoreShot and there's a recurring theme for ScoreShot specifically, something that we talk about all the time, which is productization of services, which is essentially for now, this is the foundation of ScoreShot and what it differentiates from, you know, maybe other companies and maybe from the, the top notch companies as well. So can you explain what is productization of services in the first place? And then we'll get into the benefits and then, you know, more of that. Oh, it's, you know, I read a lot of articles like about this topic and, um, they say different things. So I will try to explain how I understand productization. You know, um, the physical products, they, they like, they take really small part of world's GDP. Mm -hmm. It, it was surprising for me, but pro the actual physical products, they're not as big in terms of GDP for, mm -hmm. for the whole world but services are and, um, pro and, and, and turning services like things that you cannot touch, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes you cannot price services per unit. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge, how to price services on a per unit basis, not like per day or per hour, because it's not scalable. Mm -hmm. You cannot for example, if you're a designer or you, if you're a developer and you charge per hour, you're mm -hmm. limited to your efficient hours per day. Mm -hmm. And it's not even eight hours, you know, and uh, you're too limited. And um, but you have skills 
and you have to turn those skills into the product. Mm-hmm. So that's the challenge for a lot of companies and 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 gigs and freelancers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how to turn their skills, their services they provide to the companies, how to turn them into the products. It's a big challenge because you have to understand because services they don't have cost of goods sold, which in financial mm-hmm. statements uh, for physical products, it's pr- it's pretty it's pretty transparent, right? Mm-hmm. You have materials, you have shipping, you you have packaging, but for services, you don't you don't have those things. And this is about how to understand your cost of goods, and uh, and 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 how to calculate this. And actually, it's you know y- y- you have to build scalable process and repeatable process. To, to, to productize services mm-hmm. because if you're if you cannot repeat your process constantly mm-hmm. on a daily basis you won't scale mm-hmm. it means you you didn't turn your service into the product mm-hmm. if you if you if you build repeatable process you can evaluate how much money time and efforts you spend and that's how you move to cost of goods sold mm-hmm. once you have that number, then you can then you can price your services as products on per unit basis. And for what, customers, what I, yeah, and for customers, that's a great uh, benefit because now it becomes predictable, right? The, the good part about having a product, essentially, you can see that this costs this much. Therefore, I can put it in my budget, and then we can make this work, right? What do you? What we're talking about? I mean, I just want to give the context about the the essentially the landscape uh, early on that all the photography studios were charging based on the hour or based on the day and for smaller businesses, right? We're, st- we're talking smaller to medium businesses. It was incredibly hard to understand how are they going to go into their essentially cycle and how, how much money they should plan for each of their brands and, you know, shoots. It was even more complex. It's not only about how much they charge per hour or per, per day. It's also an issue what services do you need? Do you need a stylist? Do you need a photographer? Do you need uh, like hairstylist? Mm-hmm. Do you need equipment or photographers ha- uh, have equipment? Mm-hmm. So it's not transparent at, at all, even if you have daily uh, numbers, right? For example, a studio charge uh, charges me like on a daily basis. And for example, it, it's like $5,000, mm-hmm. but it's still not clear for me how much products I can shoot in one day. It's still not clear for me if I need some props, some additional equipment. And what happens if I have two or three products left mm-hmm. at the end of the day? Should I pay them over time, which is one and a half X or two X? It's not transparent. I cannot predict my budget, but at the end of the day, I am a consumer brand. Mm-hmm. I have a cost of goods sold, right? I have materials, like I said, like I have, I have packaging, I have shipping, and all of those costs, they 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 stick to the product. So if I ship ten products, I pay I pay ten time ten times uh, for shipping, for packaging, mm-hmm. for materials, and other stuff. But content for my product is one of the stages like shipping or or materials it's one of those rows in in my financial statement mm-hmm. it should be in cost of goods sold yeah. you know 
but it's unpredictable with, with those daily basis pricing or hourly basis pricing. It, it's hard to predict. So we decided to build to productize service and we decided to build that type of service that you can put in your cost of goods sold mm -hmm. and you can predict how your brand will evolve, you know, uh, in the future. So predictability in pricing and 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 turnaround time and uh, and and actually predicting budget it's a huge thing for for e-commerce businesses especially when they when they have loans and they can and they have to explain how they will spend money how much money they will spend and uh, so yeah it, it's it's all about financial and there's a question of motivation as well and Chris do talk about as well if I shoot your product faster, why am I supposed to get less money for it? If I actually, you know, gave you more value by delivering on your, you know, need faster than, you know, I was supposed to. So there's, you know, there's a great game of motivation. Will people take longer to shoot your products because they're charged by an hour, by a day, or will they take less? You know, there's this uh, kind of, and the whole point of to be as transparent as possible that people come back to you because they understand every part of the process. Right. And so Squareshot is, you know, right now it's essentially built on the on the idea of everything is transparent, everything is predictable, everything is productized. Uh, all the processes are. Yeah, I, 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 you know, we're, we're still building this process. We, we're still polishing it. We're still trying to make our product even more predictable. And the the number of requests we're getting in our customer support reflects how transparent our product is mm -hmm. you know and uh the less the less requests we will get the the more i think the more transparent product we have because customers potential customers on our web website they should quickly understand what this service is about how much the, uh, how much does it cost and how much time it takes to to get their product images on a website mm -hmm. and, uh, so we, and, time, and, yeah. and and Squareshot is thinking about all the stages not only not only about actual images like a lot of top-notch studios are mm -hmm. thinking about for example just ship your stuff to us and we will do the rest no it, it, we, we have to think about whole process we have to think how to help our customers get their products from from fulfillment centers or or from their warehouses time to market essentially yeah yeah we, we we have to help them on every single stage of the process including shipping and including uploading images to the platforms that mm -hmm. they use for for selling their products and um uh, a lot because a lot of maybe most of online stores in the united states they're omni-channel right now what i mean by omni-channel they're selling uh, they're selling on multiple platforms at 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 at, at this uh, at the time, so it's the next big challenge that we have to solve is how to help them distribute the content through different platforms and how to make it just, just move a little bit uh, yeah and how to make it much more efficient. So yeah, I, I'm talking a little bit no, no, no. louder so, uh, than uh, I expected. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people who are listening to this right now have faced an issue where they go to a website, right? They fill out their you know information, their needs, and then they're they're challenged by this idea: is we will give you a quote. 
So you're never, you're never like straight. So these websites and these services are never straightforward about, you know, how much this is going to cost. And the person who came here right now to get information, even when they're comparing competitors, right? If they're taking five people, five different people, and they're comparing them right now. And so only two of them give them the price. They're more likely to actually work with them than to wait for the, the other three because they already know they already have the information on it so they can actually start working and building their budget and you know planning their uh, spendings and so th this is something that i think we try to solve with you know the predictability and you know productization as well exactly just imagine if you go online and shop physical products and you have to get a quote <laughs> just imagine how difficult it is because like services should be as products, mm -hmm. as transparent as products, as predictable as products, as easy to use as products. Mm -hmm. For example, I go online and press add to cart and go through checkout process and I buy my product, right? The, 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 the process for services should be like this. It's pretty hard to solve, especially when you deal with content, especially when you deal with social content, more creative content, which is not as predictable as product photography, which is just a part of, of the whole process of oh, we're talking, posting your we're product talking ca catalog, right? Catalog yeah. photos, mostly on white or any other background, but mostly just straightforward, yeah. flat lay, ghost mannequin, any of that, essentially. That's yeah, what we're and, talking and, about. And, we should, and we should split those types of product images. So one of the, one of the type... The first type of product images is not as funny. Uh, not uh, as fun to, you know, it's not as lively. It's just, it's technical. It serves, it's, it's a, it solves a problem, right? It reflects the, the actual product. And so it gives you the information about the, the most important attributes of a, of a clothing. Yeah, of yeah you, have, and you have like five, seven, like X stages from, from actually um, draw your product right mm -hmm. on, on a paper and then deliver the product to the customers and product images like catalog images mm -hmm. like on white or on 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 a gray background mm -hmm. it's just one of the stages that you have to you know you have to check mm -hmm. and uh, uh to, to 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 actually deliver products to to the customers but social content creative content you know it it, it we we're still thinking how to scale this uh, in terms of productization yeah, because it, there's it, a great area hard. because uh, there are props involved there are you know there are subjective like there is subjectivity involved mm -hmm. what i mean by that is there are million ways how to shoot t-shirt you know mm -hmm. and some people have have different vision what is good and mm -hmm. what is not good you know and uh so that's the hard problem to solve is meet clients expectations on s subjective things yeah you know? and we, we just so we wrote an article about image quality right and if we're talking catalog photos there's a specific criteria that you can follow essentially does it reflect the, the main attributes the, the material and everything is it of the same or true color is it proper in terms of like technical? Is it in focus? Does it have proper lighting? And so once you check those boxes off, you have a really good photo that most people are not going to tell apart from another good photo. So they're kind of similar. But once you get into the territory of like hero shots, and we call them hero shots, the, you know, the almost advertising kind, right? It's mostly based on people's taste. 
Yeah. Does this, you know, does this align with their expectation, what they saw in their head initially, and now it's being transferred. So now, once you have that, you can you can no longer count the hours, right? Because, you know, it can take a day or maybe it can take two days. Maybe the setup of the stage is going to take, I don't know, a few hours. So Yeah, and that's where when you when you go to creative content or hero shots, like we, we call them, your linear workflow just breaks, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, because you understand that your workflow doesn't work anymore, your workflow that you built for actual, like, catalog images... Mm-hmm which are two different and, and, and two different from creative content mm-hmm. and, and social content. And so there are two different beasts and we have to and we have to understand how to actually scale creative content, which a few companies on a market are trying to solve mm-hmm. right now, how to actually scale creativity mm-hmm. if it's even possible. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to productize creativity? Like I don't have an answer to be honest. And that's you know that's a really cool way right now to tie it into like the the landscape of product photography studios. So we're gonna get like the we'll start with the freelancers, right? We have the freelancers who are essentially it's a great way to deliver to get content if you're just starting, right? If you're just starting and you're not even sure if you're gonna have like it's a modern product brand or you're you know you're just trying out you're getting your product market product fit essentially. It's not a bad way to start. And once you sort of uh, surpass that stage, you move into the next kind of a commodity kind of, which is like studios that have, you know, not really, don't really have a brand or they're good photographers. Yeah, mostly these people are just photographers, essentially, who will do the job. And, you know, it's kind of this. And once you surpass that, you come to a place which is similar to Squareshot or, you know, Feedsauce or, you know, sooner companies like this where you're going to. This is sort of a place where you can be for a long term. If you're a multimedia brand and you already know that this is part of your cycle, you're going to work with these brands. And so the brands that you're talking about, the, the companies that you're talking about trying to solve the problem of creativity or those who are doing the creativity, you know, at the peak are the bigger, the very big studios who never do, who don't want to productize their services, right? Who work with, you know, brands like Nike and Puma and all of this where it's all based on hours or days or even project based. So now it's a different even story because these brands are specifically only doing uh, creativity, right? And there's there's no there's no way to put a tag on that in a way. Additional value essentially. Even I also would suggest to e-commerce business owners to think when you when you rely on product imagery studio, you have to think not only about their image quality at at this point of time, but you have to think about consistency. What will happen if your business, like if your business grows like 200, 300% per year? Mm -hmm. Can you rely on this studio? uh, To scale. Yeah, to scale. And also how accessible this studio is actually, because for example, in the United States, most of these studios are, we can call it like boutique style studios. Mm-hmm. They're one of a kind. They're somewhere in, in, in the, not even in the city, uh, you know, and um, you have to call them, you have to get in touch with them, you have to get a quote. So it's not reliable and, and fast, actually, and actually fast yeah. way to, 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 to launch your product and, and, and show your product to the world. So I think Suna is doing a great job of scaling creativity. Mm-hmm. 
I see a lot of obstacles um, that they will face or already uh, facing. facing. Yeah. So we'll see how how things plays out. I don't know, but um, yeah, I, we're trying to to build. We're trying to solve the problem of catalog images first. Mm-hmm. We we want to make it as simple as as like commodity. You mm-hmm. know, you 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 shouldn't think about product images. It, it should be it should be as your easy headache, as getting or your you know? groceries. Yeah, yeah. It should be super easy. For example, you because a lot of e-commerce problems already solved, which mm-hmm. is fulfillment, shipping. Uh, they're automated. And also Shopify gives you a lot of features. It's a great platform to to launch your e-commerce store. It automates all the payments, everything actually. Mm -hmm. But it it doesn't automate your content. So how can you actually... How can you actually... And where to get images for your products that are already in your warehouse, that are already in your system, in your inventory management system? How to get images for those products? How to how to actually? So it it, it still should be solved. How to make product photography a part of a cycle? Yes, exactly. And I want to mention like one of the biggest realizations that came to me when I started to think about e-commerce. E-commerce doesn't exist without photos. I feel like every time you're trying to explain the reasons for like if product photography needs to exist and yes, it does. That's the only statement that you'll ever have to say. There's no e-commerce without photos. That's as simple as it is. And, you know, kind of explains the need for it as well. Of course, because you don't have ability to showcase, feel and touch the products Mm -hmm. and you have to. So, so you have to deliver really clear images of your product showing everything that your product is about. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way to be present online mm-hmm. because the only way how your potential clients communicate with your product online through product images. Yeah. They're not reading product descriptions all the time. Sometimes, mm-hmm. of course, if you if you want to read like what materials are and uh, if, if they're like eco-friendly, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, some of this stuff about like sizing and, and other stuff. But you that but you make decision based on mostly based on product images, right? Yeah, for sure. So and uh, so so SquareShot is about like building this predictable so, scalable processes. It, it, it should be like a tool, you know, mm-hmm. like a tool that you connect to your whole workflow of launching every single collection. And uh, that that that's how it should work. And mm-hmm. we're still building product and we're still trying to integrate the, the our product into the whole ecosystem of services that e-commerce brands already mm-hmm. use, like Shopify, like ShipBob for, for mm-hmm. or Amazon shipping, you know. So we the product photography should be a part of the process. And this is why it should be productized, you know, because you 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 have to understand how much money should you pay to to close the cycle, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 deliver a new collection to the market. So if you have 50 products and you always do two images per product, it's pretty clear that you need 100 product images. Mm-hmm. Which is so, going to cost you times yeah. some 50 yes, or whatever the yes, price is. Yes. And so this is a great way to transition to, so what's ahead for Square Shot? 
I know that we're, for those who don't know, we're currently working on a small rebranding, which is going to come, uh, you know, weeks after the podcast, this one's released and there's a, a, an entire site coming as well, which we're, so there's ideas that we have that we wanted to implement for a very long time, which is finally going to come into the new website. So well, what is, what is new? What is a new for Swearshot for the next, you know, five months this year? Oh yeah, it's a good question. So <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't know, but I will try to predict some things, you know, um, the, the challenge for us right now is to build consistent brand because we're opening more studios and we have to be consistent from studio to studio. So people, when they, like, when they face on every single stage, when they face our, when they communicate with our brand, they have to feel that this mm -hmm. is a square shot, you know, and we don't have this feeling right now. We don't have this consistency in our branding, in our ad campaigns, in our website, in our emails, like everything. So we have to make consistent brand. We have to, we have to communicate our vision, our positioning, our our set of values to the customers because it, it, it you know it's it's all about brands people trust brands people pay for brands people people want to be related to some brands uh, where where they where they you know like understand their set of values where they understand their positioning why they exist actually and and what they're trying to to bring to the market mm -hmm. so that's the challenge for us right now is to build a brand. So we're right now in, in, in the next five months, we will be making a lot of long term decisions like that, that will bring us any results in the long term, mm -hmm. which is uh, like yeah. fr from some simple stuff like buy a better domain name, like not CO, but com uh, to like a podcast. Yeah, uh, and this is. You know, podcasting is a great way, way to create more value in terms of like we've been working within this industry for a long time and there's so many things and we get to talk to so many brands like we, we, we so over the course of the, you know, Square Shots history, we work with like thousand brands and everyone has their own way. Everyone has their own story and it's, you know, everyone kind of has their own insights. And so I think this is a cool way to bring on guests experts maybe people who already created brands smaller businesses bigger businesses, to tell their stories and you know create value and create you know uh, ideas essentially yeah we, we have to build this platform which is podcast right now we have to build this place where people can share their thoughts on where the content for e-commerce is moving and what's the future of content, how content will be made in the future, how much money, how much time and how companies should invest in, in a content, mm -hmm. how important it is and uh, how content impacts your brand, your consumer brand, how how people interac interact with your content. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of topics to discuss and we have to build this platform for people, for like creative directors for for marketing marketing managers to share their ideas how to actually work with content and how how impactful it is because yeah. people underestimate the 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 complexity 
of delivering high quality content mm-hmm. to the market. And uh, we, I hope this podcast will, 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 you know, will show how like we, the we'll blind sh- side essentially. Yeah, 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 exactly. And one thing is worth to mention is that uh, I, f- I forgot. that that happens uh regardless yeah this is the very first episode there's so many more to come within this season we have really cool guests coming in so i'm very glad to have you here i'm glad i'm very glad that we had to the opportunity to debut this with you and so stay tuned thank you thank you so much for coming thanks for having me bye-bye